And now, it's time for Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. All right. All right. It's us again. Hi. It's You're nice. stuck with us. Yeah. Same host. <laughs> same same podcast. Different guests every week. That is our one big promise. Yes. I think we, other— So far, we've maintained it. Yeah. Some podcasts have the same guest like 50 weeks in a row. And not not us. No. And we have a great guest Who is today. us? Oh, right. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't— I'm Jesse Gaskell. I guess I'm Mike Sweeney. And uh, we're writers in Conan. We are. And we uh, host this podcast. It's called Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast. Right, right. Just to remind you what you're listening to in case you accidentally clicked on the wrong thing. Right. You know, half serious, half ironic title. And we like to talk about, you know, behind the scenes of Conan and uh, things uh, go off from there. And uh, we have a lot of great guests, including, very excited about today's guest. Uh, He's here. He's listening to this. He is. He is. I'm beaming. (laughs) I'm trying to make him blush. Uh, An old friend and a very talented and very funny man, Mr. Jonathan Groff, is here today. And he was— We uh, should clarify it's not Jonathan Groff, the the Broadway actor. Right. I got stories about that. Who's ugly? I bet you do. Yeah. Oh, double booking? Uh, Yes. I once got—I believe it was an agent— I think William Morris, who was adamant that they were in New York and they were a WME and they were adamant that I needed to be downtown. I was in my office in Burbank or something. And like, you are supposed to be downtown at Circle in the Square in 25 minutes. Oh, my God. <laughs> you were late for Glee. Was yeah. part of you, uh, I mean, were you stressed out to hear that? Were you like, oh, oh man, I forgot I'm supposed to be downtown. Well, I was stressed out for him. I know somebody okay. with my name <laughs> right. was late. So Did part of you say? Pro- late by proxy. I'm going to go down there and knock their socks off, and I'm going to be the Jonathan Groff who <laughs> now gets all these Broadway play King George. musical parts. So the first time, I'll tell you, I'll give you the best of my Jonathan Groffs. I want, I'm dying to hear it. Can I say one thing? Yes. Yeah, I just want to introduce you. Oh, the, okay. the, the fact that you were started out as a writer on Late Night, okay. and you were the head writer on Late Night yeah. during uh, very heady times from 95 to 2000, and... Uh, it's it's great to have you here and to reminisce. Those are seminal years for the very show. Very seminal years. But now getting back to yes. the fact you're, you're yeah. Tell us more, John, more gross okay. mix-ups. So the f- first I first started hearing about it, my manager like had a Google alert on my name. Well, I don't know why he would do that, but he did <laughs> years ago. And then he said, you know, there's this guy doing like theater around Boston. Uh, named Jonathan Groff, and and I was like, really? And like, oh, this is before he was even on Broadway, yeah. like in Spring Away. I think he had thought he was doing like rep theater or okay. something, and he was young. <sighs> yeah. And of course, I tried the like, well, I'm already in SAG. Right. Yeah, so he's yeah. going to have to be Jonathan <laughs> Q. Groff. Right. That, that rule doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> the way David Michael Bowie. J. Fox could have been Michael Fox. <laughs> right, right. Now oh. he would be Michael Fox. Oh, wow. Yeah. Take a number, pal. Yeah. How would that have affected history? I know. It would be so different. Wouldn't be the same. Should, he needed that extra syllable. It, it, yeah. <laughs> um, so then, uh, the next time I heard of my assistant, Allison Floral, who yes. used to work at uh, yes, Conan did. O'Brien, yes. who's lovely, she had me on some kind of a Google alert thing too, and she found a review of uh, of a play. Actually, it was Spring Awakening, which was his big right. breakthrough mm-hmm. play yes. on Broadway, and it was a reviewer who was enthusiastic about what he was seeing in terms of Jonathan's. Physical being. Mm -hmm. Are we talking private parts? He was very excited. Jonathan, he, so he says something like, uh, the hit of the play for me was (laughs) young Jonathan Groff who revealed a pair of spank worthy buttocks. Uh Wow. In the third row, or in the in the middle of the second act, and I. Yeah. Are you allowed to write things sh- like that? That I sounds like a, a blog. Okay. It's the Times. He said, "I uh, it caused like this reviewer to cream his jeans." <laughs> oh my god! Wait, oh, that. oh wow! Yeah. So of course, uh, Allie Floral like yeah. thought that was hilarious. That right. Cream my jeans. And, sure. Uh, my name were in the same sentence. Yeah. And then it's the other, not the first time yeah, either. No, it's something you're used to. <laughs> Another thing that happened was I saw Spring Awakening. Yes, I don't remember any jeans. Creaming? I did cream in my jeans, but I don't remember those buttocks. That's me at Broadway Spankworthy shows. buttocks. Wow. wow, I think you had to be looking for them. Yeah, it sounds like Probably. that reviewer was. I went because I thought you were an starring eye. in the show. Yeah. So well, go ahead. What were you going to say? Uh, my dad, whenever his Jonathan Groff's name would appear in the New York Times, would call me and be like. Uh, 
that Jonathan Groff's <laughs> name was in the New York Times again, like kind of bitter. <laughs> oh, what are we going to do I mean, about it? Take yeah, him down. Like, he's kind of bitter. For <laughs> What's me. our plan? <laughs> uh, the other one, uh, there's so many. There are a few good ones. Another one I liked is I got a a, a really nice. Signed letter from I think Anna Wintour. Oh, oh, wow! <laughs> a dr- hand delivered to oh, my house hilarious. in Los Angeles that invited me and a oh, guest so to be her guest. Excuse me at the Costume Institute. Oh, oh my God! And you know my Mike, you know my wife. Wow. And she was like, one you have of to the go. I love my wife. She's <laughs> yeah. so super like. She so believes in me. I think on right. some level, right? Uh, or pretends. <laughs> yes. To, no, she does. that she was like. Well, of course, of course, it's you. Right. No, you're a prominent, uh, you're, right, you're a successful right, right, right. television writer yeah. and producer. Of course, Anna Wintour wants you to sit with her at, the, at her table at the Costume Institute game. <laughs> Can we go? And I'm like, honey, I think it's the other John of the Groff. And then your dad called. That's a bitch. <laughs> the other one got invited. To the, I'd love to see what you'd wear to the costume. I know. I wish you would have. Ball. Was that the Met Gala? I mean, yeah, that's that? what that is. Oh, it's yeah. the giant. That's a huge. The, the I biggest think it's the thing. same thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah the yeah, Met yeah. Gala benefits the Costume Institute. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah but it's right. like it's a real who's who of it's huge yes. of the fashion dumb. world. Yeah, <laughs> you, you used know. to count down the date every year to me. I did. <laughs> costume balls coming. <laughs> and then one time I was flying back from New York. Yes. And uh, Leah Michelle was on my flight. It was a okay. late flight coming right. back from the upfront, the television presentation things. Right. And she New was York. on my flight. And I, she got down to baggage claim before me. And when I got there, she was – there was a car had been sent for me. I think Sony Studios or oh. somebody. I was there. It was in New York for some right. show. And they had sent a car. And that was very nice. And the limo driver had a sign that said Jonathan Groff. Uh-huh. And she was arguing <gasps> – with the limo driver trying to send him away, saying, well, he's like my best friend, and he's not coming to L.A. for another two weeks. So oh we've gotten some bad what a, Oh, man. What a lame name-dropping ah. attack. Excuse me. <laughs> but I— But that's also funny that she was like, well, I'll, I'll clear this up. Yes. I'm going to take this into my own hands. I'll, and then I'll let Jonathan know I scored— yeah. Try to score points with him. I finally I, met him. He's lovely. I was just going to ask you if you oh, met yeah. him. Oh, yeah. good. I got to go to Hamilton. Like, his one of his last weeks in it, uh-huh. uh, got to go on stage, which was nice. Somebody else had arranged that, and uh, he could not have been nicer. Oh, I'm sure. Wow. Yeah, he's lovely. Did it's, he, were you, were you like, so do you get mixed up for me all the time? Uh, and he said no. His yeah. dad. <laughs> he doesn't yeah. need that. He, he gently, yes, he, to be nice, he said yes, it happens all the time, but I don't know if it really happens. Uh, uh, he's uh, like, the I, only thing I that was confusing was his co-star bills? in Hamilton, David Diggs, yeah. saw, who was watching Blackish, um, um, and saw Jonathan's name and was confused. And that wow. was all he gave me. Yeah. And then that was about it. He did not have a similar, like, <laughs> Leah Michelle sending away your yeah. car. Yeah. <laughs> because you work on Blackish. You're a showrunner on Blackish. I was at the time, yeah. Yes, yes. So. Yeah. I did that. That's how he saw the name. Yeah. Yeah. That's a big credit. That's That one, they really linger on that one. You know, that's not one of the credits that just flies by. Right. It was a good show. That was a yeah. that was a nice experience. That has been a nice experience. I'm still there a little bit. I'm actually helping out on Mixedish this the year. Spin-off. Oh, cool. That's great. I'm there a couple days a week helping them. Okay. Which is the uh Kenya Barris right. Kenya, extending the Kenya Barris brand. Is it a yeah. pre, it's a it's a prequel, prequel yeah. it, right? It follows uh Tracy, Tracy, Tracy Ross's character, character Rainbow uh, uh-huh. from when she was twelve. Oh. So we invented a very strange backstory for her character that is sort of influenced by real life events in Kenya's life in terms of who his wife was, but right. she was grew up on a commune, the, the character. And so they leave a commune in, in a, during a, whatever it is, a, a DEA raid or ATF raid. And, uh, they, they start a new life and we're picking that up in 1985 when she's 12. Oh, wow. Old. Yeah. Gary wow. Cole, Mark Paul Gossler, Tika Sumter. Wow. Uh-huh. Will there be a crossover since it's in the 80s with the Goldbergs? I just assume. <laughs> Are they that in the same like universe? It seems like ABC synergy to me. I assume. <laughs> I only assume. <laughs> so you two started at Conan on the same day? Yes. Is yes. that right? January 30th? Sounds right. 1995. Yes. Yes, it was a while And ago. what were your first impressions of each other? Oh, we, no, we knew each other. We oh, you did? Well. Yeah, oh, okay. we, we had done stand-up um, for years together. Yes. Um, I met you in Boston. I, I went up there to do mm-hmm. some Knicks gigs, and yep. I met you, and we went to, hung out in Chinatown. That's right. And I had been in New York and seen you. You were a very good, um, in addition to being a funny comic, a very everybody's favorite host at like, shows, so you were a good 
kept the shows moving and right. I remember the crowd. So yeah. I remember seeing you at Catch Rising Star, the old Catch Rising Star on I, First I, Avenue. I got everyone's credits correct, and yeah. uh, you were very funny. We did some gigs together. We did you some gigs did together. Great. I remember meeting you in like Northampton once. Like I was doing a college, oh, right. and you were doing a club or something. Oh yeah, Massachusetts. Yes, I, I was think. doing a club, but the show I was doing got it was the best thing ever. No one. It was like. Uh, show at this rock club. They were trying comedy, and, mm-hmm. and no one showed up. So they they paid us, and we didn't have to do a show. I oh, like, that's this the is great. best. I didn't mind <laughs> driving four hours there. It's the best. It is the best. Yeah. Uh, and then we actually were writing together, not well, sort of near each other. Near each other at Comedy Central. At Comedy Central. I was writing for Mark Marin on oh, a wow. show called the Short Attention Span Theater that he was the host of. Mm-hmm. It was like a clip show. And you were writing for Laura Keitlinger. Yeah, she had a show called Stand Up Stand Up. So it was all the little intros and the interstitial things. And then we both got hired the same yeah, day. We were that's hearing incredible. like we were hearing there's going to be openings. Right. We heard that Louis C.K. was moving on, and maybe Dino or somebody else. Or, mm-hmm. So we both we were really pretty good friends, and like both did submissions separately. And then I think. We you both probably fi- thought you were competing for the same spot. A little bit, but I remember, yeah. like, I think you got the call first, or I got the call first. I think whatever. Oh yeah, it was, you like, got the call first, and we b- both were like, "Hey, I got some news." And right. we're like, I got some news, and we're like uh, super relieved that we were like excited yes. that we got to like start yeah. this job together. Yes, yeah. And then the well, first school, so you already had a friend coming into it work. Made, I nice. have to say that made a giant difference. It's yeah, for me, just. Because I, you know, I'm in my head all the time anyway, freaking out. All, I, I freaked out anyway, but it, it, well, it we calmed also knew, me down. We knew Ned being Goldbrier able to talk to you as a writer. Uh, we knew, I didn't know Ned. You didn't know. I didn't no. know from Boston. Stand-up. He was, a, yeah, very funny writer um, on the show. Brian Kiley was already a writer there. Yes, so we knew people. Yeah, you mm-hmm. knew those guys. They were Boston comics, yeah, yeah. so you knew them better. Yeah, that's I knew true. him to say hi to, and but you knew him well. Yeah, and uh. And Conan was okay hiring Boston comics. Uh, <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> oh, I thought you were being facetious. Uh, no, he he was fine with it. Okay. I guess, yeah, yeah, I think so. He was. Uh, he always had. It felt like he had some strange rules, but then later on, I think he was mad that he was accused of having rules that he didn't have. Uh, oh, about hiring? About hiring. Oh. Like, yeah. like, like what? Well, he had a blanket thing where, like, everybody assumed that everybody who worked at Late Night as a writer was had gone to Harvard because Conan was yeah. a Harvard right. dude. Mm-hmm. And there was, like, Michael this- Gordon was kind of an outlier. There had been some people who were, like, bright, you know, writing in that late could have gotten right. into Harvard probably right, yeah. right. if we'd applied. Yeah, yeah. If I like decided that. to go to college, <laughs> but then years later he did a thing at like the Harvard Lampoon, like some right. some meeting or reunion thing, and they right. were like, "Why do you hate Harvard writers?" And he's right. like, "I actually huh? don't hate them." <laughs> right. So, um, but it was I, I. That was the thing that people bring up all the time. Like, oh, you're all Harvard grads, mm-hmm. and some of the writers on Conan didn't even. No one cared where you went to school. Right. Oh, yeah. Up. It's so nice. Yes. No one's ever asked, you know, if you graduated, what your GPA yeah. was. No, none of that. And I don't think pe- people think, oh, yeah. It's like, yeah, no one ca- no one cares Conan about your undergraduate degree. I think Conan and Robert Smigel were not, like, snobby like that. In no. Initial hiring. And then Andy, the input he had, they, they leaned much more heavily toward Chicago yes. improv sketch people. Yeah. Spe- yes, Andy. Writers. Well, Andy would just uh, – there were openings – and Andy would recommend Tommy Blacha. Re- yeah, really funny people. Mm-hmm. Tommy Blacha. Brian McCann. Brian McCann. Mm-hmm. Brian Stack. Yep. Yep. Greg Cohen. Yep. He and Glazer. Slightly. Glazer, sure. Yeah. Just yeah. there was a big, big Chicago mafia for a while. Yeah. Like for only fifteen I mean, years. That is I think <laughs> the biggest the mafia. The Chicago mafia on the writing staff and then the number of interns who have gone on to yeah. rule right. show business. It's right. ridiculous. That's I worked true. with Angela Kinsey the other day. And yeah, we were talking about her time. That was before. Oh, was she an intern? There. That was she, before oh, Mike no. and I were there. It was like I, I think nineteen ninety four, first year maybe ninety three. Mm-hmm. Mindy Kaling, mm-hmm. Mindy Kaling, John, John Krasinski. Krasinski, John Krasinski. I told John Krasinski, he called me from college and said, "I want to be an intern." I said, "How'd you get this number?" Uh-huh. And he, I said, <laughs> "I thought up. you were the actor." <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I set him up. I, I think I said, "Yeah," and you want to be a script intern because that's where you get to like be at the heart of the show right. the most. At least back in the day, it was sure. you'd run the 
scripts around and deliver right. them and be there for the changes and stuff. And he did his internship. And then I, in the meantime, had left the show and come out to LA and then made a, a television pilot for the first time. So it was really the first time I had seen what the process of casting was and how hard it is to get hired as an actor and mm -hmm. how much of a challenge and how right. much they go through and the testing process in front of the networks, which is super grueling. And right. So I came, um, I came back to New York and I was working on a show getting ready to develop a following year. And he graduated from, he had now graduated from college. He said, Hey, I want to take you out for a cup of coffee. I was like, okay. So we went out for coffee in Rockefeller center. And he says, uh, I want to be an actor. And I literally and like, That's just, a bad idea. I said, Dude, <laughs> do not be really? an actor. Go straight to direct. 100%. <laughs> I said, you I cannot this. do that. You have to get out of the business. Oh, yay. One, unequivocally. I was like, it's too hard. Oh, You're a bright so guy. Yeah. You know, do something else, which he right. did. He's right. a writer and a director and stuff. Right. But I was like, you absolutely should not be an actor. And then the next time I saw him was like three years later at the upfronts. Right. And he was uh, in the cast of The Office. And he's like, waved to me like. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Thanks for and the you advice. Should, like that was a test right. and you passed exactly. you really wanted it wow that's hilarious <laughs> yep. that's funny and ellie kemper was a oh yeah ellie that's kemper. Right. she married vanessa bayer i think oh. oh my god okay did you know that no no i think so she's not putting it on her resume it sounds like <laughs> I think she was um there's a few yeah yeah and uh, uh some people became writers on the show like andrew weinberg yes mm -hmm. and, and Eddie blitz yeah that's uh, right turns yeah um, remember the intern book? Yes, we started it. They used to eat dinner with us every night. Who? The interns. Yeah. And then, All of them? Well, there in were, our era, when you and I were there? When yes. I was there? Yes, and then I remember... Well, Why did we buy dinner for all the interns? I don't know, but we did. And then you sure one, it wasn't just the dinner interns? My memory was like one guy. It must have been the just the, the dinner interns. The interns had gotten the food, okay. got oh, to stay got to eat. eat. Right. But then one guy ruined it by... I think he asked... one. You or someone else like, hey, can I ask a question? And it's like, yeah, sure, shoot. How much do you guys make? Oh, yes. no. And it was like, oh, the next day it was like, <laughs> no. no more interns. I forgot about that. That's right. <laughs> oh, Morgan Murphy was another intern. She, oh, that's, that's right, right. Morgan Murphy. Yeah. Very funny. Very funny. Mm -hmm. I'm forgetting. There's like We're three a real talent there. factory. Mm -hmm. yeah, for sure. There's more that I'm forgetting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, the intern book was a loose leaf binder right. that I think Ellie Brancic came up with the idea of doing, which was we took we were like had so many interns and many of them were lovely, but we could never right. remember their names, and also yeah. we wanted to be able to make fun of them for years after they left. <laughs> right. So we ended up they had to do that a was Polaroid the, shot. the only reason we did it. Yeah. We would sit at dinner and go, "Oh, remember that from one with yeah. the face was, thing?" Yeah, yeah. yeah and everyone's yeah. like, "I don't know," and that's where yeah. like, okay, we need a book. Is it still done? It's still done. Yeah. Oh. Really? I don't yeah, think I, I didn't know there was a book. Well, were you an intern? I, you weren't ever an intern. No, no. I wasn't. No. That's why. I was but those... I always refer to people as like, oh, the two Shugs guy. I mean, that's the only. <laughs> <laughs> there was a guy that always said Shug for sugar, and that's how I remember him. Uh, oh, oh, man. <laughs> you want one sugar, two Shugs? Well, the guy was it's in like, a hurry. How are you not going to remember that? He didn't have time to say the whole word. He, he was on the move. <laughs> Malens like to, they like to abbreviate. Those Malens. Yeah, true. <laughs> uh, They're my, saving those extra syllables to buy a house. My, my son told me, <laughs> my son told me there's, there's this uh, app you can get. It, it's something where it will, every time the word millennial is, comes up on your computer, it will change it to snake people. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I did hear about that. <laughs> the, and then there was something, uh, like someone had published, or maybe a, a journalist had published something right. where they forgot to re- they forgot to change it back. Oh, and they published it. And they an published article? it that way, yeah. <laughs> Do you remember great. our first day, our first night? Were you going to tell that story? I think you were. Oh, no, because I, I don't remember anything. So, we, our first day, um, you had an idea for a bit. I don't remember what it was, but like Mike Marsh McCall said, you guys go produce right. that. So we ended up on your first day? On our first That's day, which I, yeah. and I do remember. It was a phone call, a congratulatory phone call from the president to someone, the, the Super Bowl winners. Okay. Mm. Yeah. So was was it? Do we have to get Smigel to do his voice? No, we just maybe. I don't remember. remember. But I remember editing it in that janky old NBC right. edit room with Chuck Dijon, right? This uh, uh, lifer editor guy who'd been who would yell at us. Who yelled at us? Ah, he was super cranky. And if you were a new writer, he really because he had you over the barrel. He'd be like, "Shut up and listen. I'm going to tell you how to edit a piece. Right. <laughs> and what I do is I'm a chef. Right. I have different elements: <laughs> the the sound and the tape. And I, it's like concoct a kind of 
have a stew that's delicious with my pudding. <laughs> oh my god! Shut up and listen. Shut this up. is an audio edit only. Don't look at the screen. He was also he was such a gruff but lovable bear. Yes, mostly lovable. Yes, very gruff. And back then there were tapes, tape machines. Yeah. Oh yeah, oh yeah, physical tape machines. Mm-hmm. Right. Um. So so uh, we produced this bit. That yours, I remember helping out. And Marshall McCall was very cool. He was the head writer. And he was, he was very writer. good about, like, that's a good idea. Go and do it. And yes. Like, oh, okay. And he was, he Are got us sure? involved right away. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, he was, and he, he, he was great. Um, he, uh, but that night we were staying late and eating our heavy food. And Conan had done some interviews or something or whatever after the show. And he came into the room on the writer's room. And I, I probably have embellished the story, but he got up. I, I recall get him getting up on the table. Mm-hmm. Maybe, or maybe it's just on a desk All right. in that big conference room with his guitar, which he would walk around with strumming, <laughs> oh. as he sure still does, oh, singing, yes. uh, serenading you and me with, I can't sing, but these are the guys, they're here to ruin my show. <laughs> like that was his like, I long, mean, this sounds very on brand. Yeah. Very yeah. on brand, <laughs> elaborate, well rhyming. Uh, yes. A uh, takedown of the two new guys who he was convinced were there wow. to wreck mm-hmm. his show for him. <laughs> On their first day, yeah. yeah. That oh, I, I didn't remember that. That sounds. You don't remember that? No. You blocked it out. I did. <laughs> I took it all. I'm sure I took you it all literally. I'm like, oh, God, this guy yeah. hates me so much. He's written a song about it. Mm-hmm. That's. That's that's yeah. For my for my first, the rest of the staff write a song. Right, exactly, (laughs) exactly. Yeah, (laughs) took credit for it. Right, right, right. And then the fantastic thing is, and I'm I'm I've never talked to you about this. You, oh, Marsh McCall, left the show in like we had only been there like eight months, maybe, and he had only been the head writer for maybe. 11 or something like that yeah 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 yeah. but he got a job on a sitcom and he moved to la he got his job i believe on a show called don't forget your toothbrush right it was a brand (laughs) it was a british import like a variety show but he was dying to get back to la because his girlfriend at the time was living here and he didn't really want to be in new york and he grew up in california he grew up in california so he wanted out so he left and and you became the head writer after, after eight like, months. After yes, that's unbelievable. Yes, and you know there are all these other yeah. veteran writers there. Oh, and I really want to hear you, about that. Yes, you. But you were the guy for the job. Like there was no question about it. Yeah. Uh, and I'm wondering wh- what was that like? Like was it? Were you scared at all? Because you're terrified. very. You to me, you're a very confident guy. But I'm. I was wondering on some level where you well yeah like, no taking I mean then cow. managing the more senior writers that's yes. a couple of things yes I always say I talk to kids from my college graduating right. who want to get into the business and I always say like you know, like it, it helps like I was not the best writer like there are I would say you were a funnier writer than I was Mike ah, Sweeney and no, Brian Rich was writer. hilarious and then Goldreyer was hilarious and there are all these really yeah. funny people right. um, who were writers there when I was there but Michael Gordon but there, I was good at just, I think some people were not as good, I will say, like remembering like, oh, I came up with a funny idea for a sketch and I wrote it out and I put it on your desk and mm-hmm. you you said we should like do it. And I'm like, yeah, but did you remember to call Bill Tull, the prop guy, right. get the mailbox full right. of blood that we right. need for the sketch? Like you right. have to call the prop right. guy and get the mailbox full of blood or else the sketch doesn't work. Right. Oh no, I didn't remember to, right. to get yeah. a call. And like, mm-hmm. so I was, I think good at like- at producing. Producing mm-hmm. it yes. as well and yeah. also having- you know, a modicum maybe of emotional intelligence of like, how's Conan feeling about yes. this, or yeah. what's what's the best thing to do here, or right. who's who would be good to put in charge of that thing, right? And and, and the other thing that I think helped me a lot yeah. was weirdly, do you remember the boat show? I do remember the boat show. So we did this um, circle line. We did the show from the circle line, which is the boat that goes around Manhattan. Like oh, a tourist okay. Boat. And we had like all these bits and stuff. And I think I kind of got ta- tapped to be like the producer, the writer who was producing a lot of right. bits for right. that show, uh, yes. for that episode. And it was really intense and harrowing. And we had to race back and edit it in time. Yes. And there was a sound problem, I remember. And the whole thing was really an enormous, crazy undertaking. It and was. I think because I was good at like in that situation, Jeff Ross and Conan were like, Marsh is gone and somebody's got to. Right. Well, I remember Marsh got sick that day. Oh, oh! I he forgot was that. sick, and he li- was he seasick from the circle. Line? I don't oh. know, but he, I, <laughs> I, very I, gentle boat ride. He <laughs> kind of literally was just like, "Oh, that's right." I've got to bow 
out, and, oh, he and had diarrhea. you were right there, and you were, and you just—I'd been down working on yeah, right. So that's right. I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. And you flawlessly took over, and it was—it was great. Wow. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. That was fate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I think that had a lot to do with it. It's just like it's like an understudy situation, you know? Yeah. It's like w- without warning, boom. I and think it's true of like in general. Like I, I'm a good writer. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say I'm a good writer, sure. uh, yes. but I am also good at like you know the show running thing or right. whatever. Where you like if you're willing to let other really other smart, you know, ambitious, heart, you know, uh, passionate people help you do something, you can actually make it good. Right, and it makes you, it helps. You yes, because you get to empower everyone else exactly. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Right. Well, no, but it is. It's a different skill. I mean, some people are really, really funny in a room, or some people are brilliant writers on the page, but then they don't have that other part of their brain that's kind of keeping all the different, you know, pots on the stove. Right. Right. And and so that that's a special person. And and a little bit more mediocre in the writing than other people. (laughs) And a little better at making the trains run on time. But, you know, Conan would also say, he's like, oh, man, Groff just, like, you know, he's the biggest ball buster ever. Like, just— Oh, and especially for the—I mean, he loves to beat up on the head writer. Yes. So he must have found you very punchable. Yeah, yeah. But but he said you you would never give in it. Like, you were just unflappable. You you would not—he could not get you. Really? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, unless unless he's doing—unless he was, you know— That's a little bit of that. Changing history. It might be a little bit of revisionist history. He might be revisionist. I think you— Mike Sweeney always had a good, like, you gave it right back to him. And I never gave it right back to him. I probably had, like, this weird, he probably was, like, had, I don't know, I had, like, a weird patrician dignity or something where I just didn't <laughs> right? engage with him that much and maybe it freaked him out. So I, he I didn't think blow, it did. He didn't blow that much shit at me over the years. Right. The appropriate amount. And most of it was hilarious. So right. you just go with it. Yes. But you would actually, like, way more than I ever dared to would, like, give it right back to him, which was great. Ooh. And that was your relationship. That's why you I'd go through endured a long time. I'd go through five or six year phases where I just feel like, oh, I'm getting back. I remember crap out of me. We, uh, the only time I was really mad at him, I remember, was there was some desk piece and he, uh, he d- d- didn't like a couple of the jokes didn't work. Right, it was a, I think it was a verbal jokes or whatever. And he just and he actually literally he was so wound up. I yeah. came over after the you know in the first commercial break just to check in. Right, is there anything you're gonna want to edit out? And he just like kind of shook his fist at me and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my god! And I was really mad. I like, yeah. got quiet. Yeah. I think I didn't yeah. talk to him for a couple of days. Yeah, I think he he never apologized, but I'm sure he uh, the few he, times he made, he, and I'm sure he won't remember it, but. Uh, Conan, if you're listening, <laughs> his, you hurt my feelings in 1996. He shook his fist at you. Oh, that's true, He was always half pirate, though, and he's mad. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's a, if you called him on it, he'd be like, I was doing the pirate. Of course. Right, right. The, the pugilistic pirate. <laughs> yeah. No, it is like a, it's kind of a marriage. Like the one or two times I'd, I would really be mad, I would be like, I've got to. I just go and say, you know what? I'm 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 upset. Right. And part of me is like, I know I'll feel better in the short term, but and he's totally like, yeah, okay, I'm sorry. And, and but then it, it becomes Oh my God. Oh. It's twenty times worse. Oh, it's no. much worse in the day. So it's it's yes. a very Pyrrhic victory. It's such a Pyrrhic victory. Because he does. He has the legitimate like, I'm really sorry, man. Yes. I didn't mean that or whatever. And then, uh, it's, yes. then it's just fuel. Yeah. The but then it, the next We're gonna hurt day. Sweeney's but feelings. That sincerity yes. will hurt you. Yeah. Yes. It comes at a crisis. It, it, it all gestates oh. overnight in his sleep and it's like, <laughs> oh I got I found a weakness. Goo. Yeah. More weaknesses. A weakness. Hilarious. <laughs> uh, oh, I know it's it's crazy that I mean you two are have had this very specific experience that not many people in it, the world ever will will have, which is basically it's true. It's like being two of Liz Taylor's husbands. Yeah, you know what's weird? We all live there's like there's like a sh- weird late night showrunner block on uh, that we live because you live literally a stone's throw from me. Yes. In Los Angeles, and then I invited guy. you to do this over the fence. Uh, There's a uh, Tim Long. I don't think I'm giving anything away to say that Tim right. Long lives uh, also a stone's throw. Yeah, he lives. And he's uh, a former right Letterman head writer. Oh wow! Oh, is he a head writer in Letterman? Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, there you go. I think around the time I was, I was at some point, it, maybe after I was at Conan, but right. but literally we live within about 
50 yards. Yes. Together. It's a, a mental hospital. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They've convinced you that it's a neighborhood. <laughs> neighborhood in quotes. Um, speaking of late night, you yes. mentioned something earlier who I, someone I hadn't thought about in ages. Neil Schatz. Neil Schatz. <laughs> Neil Schatz was our special effects uh, guy at at NBC in New York. Um, he was a nice guy. He his effects didn't always work or there was, my favorite one ever was either they didn't work. Like they were supposed to be like, you know, blood coming out of something. Yeah. I keep mentioning blood or like, you know, fanfare, the confetti supposed uh-huh. to go off. And it was always like, is this going to work? And oh, no. it, it, a lot of times it's it so, did. It's so timing it, dependent, it's super yeah. timing dependent. And he was, he's a nice, enough, nice guy, but he had been at NBC for a while. And I think he probably thought we were a bunch of idiots. Right. Too. But I remember there was one thing where, we're like, okay, Conan can't get injured. We just have to make sure Conan can't get injured. It was like Conan on the skateboard with right. some rocket, like, jet <laughs> propulsion thing that he's holding. Oh, it's a fire extinguisher. <laughs> it was a fire extinguisher, and, it, and that was going to propel him backwards. Yes. Oh, my and God. And he had to go out through the double doors That's into the airlock. <laughs> and Neil had guaranteed that it would go off without a hitch. And uh, Conan wouldn't get hurt. And yeah, yeah. It was a big— What could go wrong? What could go wrong? And, and he slammed into the a wall oh, of the studio, right? He veered. Oh, so it to worked too well. He veered. Oh my yes. god! He veered to the left and like smashed oh. into the doorway, and you know, of course, we had to show it again in slow oh, motion. Yeah. But but oh he literally was. But there is a great moment, like in the just as it's going out to commercial, Neil runs over, runs yeah. out to. And you just see Colin yeah. turn and just <laughs> and shakes his fist, stare at him. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ah, I'll get you. It's same, the same treatment. Oh, Groff. you and Groff, Shats and Groff. <laughs> <laughs> That's. I mean, he would never do something like that now. I think because of so many times that it's gone wrong. Yeah, I think they all at some point say, "I'm just not doing that stuff anymore." Yeah. There's like a famous thing where Letterman or their insurance says it. Right, right. Letterman went into a uh, a big bowl of Rice Krispies. Oh. As a stunt, like, you know, back in the late night days. Right. He's like, uh, whatever the bit was, he's going to go into a suit. I think with a, I think he maybe had something that triggered the Rice Krispies to pop or something, whatever. Oh, okay. Supposedly, mm. they sucked up all the oxygen mm. in the, they didn't know that it was a, I, I don't know, I'm not sure I have the story exactly right. But they, the, somehow like the popping or something created like a carbon dioxide thing or something. And he like nearly passed out oh and drowned God. in a giant bowl of Rice Krispies. <laughs> oh, oh no. Like, yes, from some late night stuff. Oh. Wow. So I could imagine. Oh, what a way to go. Would never do that, again. <laughs> that That's a good Somebody's way to go. Somebody's going to write to your wolf and have the right details on that. I'm sure I got they about might, yeah. 30% right. Well, it's Dave's a big book. listener. Sure. Yeah. Conan doesn't listen, but Dave does. <laughs> does Conan not listen? It always skips a generation. Um, he claims to not listen, but I like to imagine that he does. Well, we'll see. Just he wants you to. He, he's a tra- It's a trap. He wants yeah, you to think he doesn't listen. And mm-hmm. then right. You'll be summarily fired. I, yeah. I never talk to him about it. That's how I handle it. <laughs> Just, After Rodman's movie, he really can't have a problem with anybody portraying him in any way. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> right? You're talking about Conan O'Brien. Conan Can't, can't Stop. Can't Stop. Yeah. That's the name of it. Mm-hmm. Rodman Flunder. Documentary. I was the director, yeah, about his the tour back in mm-hmm. 2010. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it he's was pretty. brutally honest. It, it is brutally honest. Yeah. It is brutally honest. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, I mean, I, I was there the whole time. It was, that, that was a, a long slog. It was fun. It was exciting fun doing shows. all those shows, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, that was a weird. But there's a lot of work. Personal too. time. Right, right, right. <laughs> we were writing monologue jokes every day for each city. So um, Matt O'Brien went on the trip too. Oh yeah, and it was, uh, and a lot of the other writers wrote the sketches for the show because mm-hmm. it was kind of like a variety show. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it was it was intense. There were times when the camera would be in, like Rodman would be in the room with the camera, and I just would, I'd like to just started leaving the room because I it was just you know. Well, yeah, I'm sure when the camera's there, it, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> oh, so when you left, yes. you, you left right. You, how Andy? long were you the head writer? 
I started, I, I think, in September of 2000, and I left. Yeah, in 95, and you in left 95. in September 2000. Sorry, thank you. Yes, mm. I started September 95 and left right. around September 2000, five years. Five exactly. years, and, yeah. And right after Andy left. Andy had left in May oh, of 2000. Yeah. That's right. So there was a few months I saw a glimpse of that particular future. And you knew that was time to jump ship. <laughs> I did love Andy. <laughs> Andy's great. That was a good experience, though, I think, for Conan. Yes. Just learning to host a show on his own without – 100%. Having a sidekick. Mm-hmm. So that was a no, good experience. It was a whole other... It worked out yeah. kind of great yeah. in a way um, because he had those years build a different right. set of muscles and then was able to right. incorporate Andy. I agree with that. But then you and Conan created a show for Andy. <gasps> oh, we did. Yeah. That was so fun. Andy Barker. It's called Andy Barker P.I. Mm-hmm. And um, Conan had this idea that he said it was a little bit based on Dan Gore in a way. Did you know that? No. Oh. Yeah. This he he I don't know Dan all that well. Dan's a writer at Conan yeah. late night after I was there. Yeah. Dan Dan's been he's on the been show. He's been on the podcast. And he's been on And uh, he's now gonna see you guys for super successful ripping off his life story. <laughs> he's also showrunner. Yeah, there's yeah, yeah. showrunner. He's good. Brooklyn on Brooklyn Nine Nine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, it, uh, it, that kind of Andy Barker, Andy Richter played um Andy Barker PI, who was a private investigator, very uh who was a, who had fallen into that trade. He was an accountant who was just Starts his, hangs out his own shingle to become his own little firm, and business is really slow. And then one day, this uh, mysterious Russian woman shows up and tries to hire him. And it turns out, as a private detective, and it turns out that his old office was this detective's office from years ago. Who oh, retired. Okay. Yeah. So he goes and finds the old guy and right. reunites with him a little bit. And mm-hmm. then Tony Hale played the guy who, this is how long I, ago this was, the video store owner oh, downstairs yeah. was in this little shopping mall <laughs> right. complex. Conan got this idea by wondering like who are the accountants or the 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 uh, life insurance salesman or the the dentist on the second floor of like a two-story shopping complex in off the freeway in right. Connecticut near mm-hmm. his country house. Right. It's like I wonder what those people are like and right. the idea of this sort of super earnest person who's like superpower almost is his goodness and decency mm-hmm. and kind of straight shooteriness right. was something that he had felt like Dan kind of had some of that. I don't again I don't know Dan all that well but this kind of like Okay, well, I'll, I I think that's a good idea. I'm going to figure out how uh-huh. to do that. You know, oh. like kind of can do like yeah, thing. I could see that. Yeah, I yeah. So he was like, and I had met Dan a few times, and I was like, I got tracks. Yeah. But then when we were starting to to like figure out who could play it, we kind of looked at each other and we're like, oh, we have to see if Andy Richter. It's will do perfect. This. Yeah. 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 And uh, Dan Gore turned it down. Dan Gore turned it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, NBC approved, and we got to make. Yeah, just I think six episodes. It's, oh it's, yeah, it's smaller and smaller numbers of episodes that I get to do. The first thing I did <laughs> got ordered for seven episodes, and then six. So, um, and, and, and Tony Hale, that's like it was one of the I first, know. Was coming off Jobs of Arrested. I think Andy had done an episode of Arrested, so he knew. Him oh, that's oh, right, he did. Oh, had yeah. he done Arrested already? He played triplets or something, I, like, or? and they were maybe quintuplets. Even quintuplets? it was like they were, I, I thought it was before adding... Arrested Development. No. Oh. Uh, I, so I made a show in 2002 with Jason Bateman called The Jake Effect right. for NBC right before he got Arrested Development. Oh, and wow. that went seven episodes. Okay. And then I made Andy Barker P.I. with Tony Hale right after Arrested Development. Oh, wow. So I am kind of yeah. a failure bookend <laughs> for Arrested Development stars. Did you? On their way to other things. Because then, of course, right. Tony went into Veep a few years after that. Right. Has won multiple Emmys. Mm-hmm. Jason right. Bateman won an Emmy for director. Did he you, did. Oh. Did you tell him not to go into yeah. directing? That's hilarious. <laughs> I should have. Yeah. That's- uh, yeah. So, yeah, we got to write that show. It was a really lovely little show, and we got to we got to cast some fun. Clea Lewis was— Did uh, Conan contribute in the writing as well? Or? Yes. He, yeah. he oh, contributed cool. in the original concept, and then he pitched story ideas. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he pitched uh, a lot of— Gave me tons of notes on the pilot. He came out for the table read of the pilot. And I remember he's – I had, like, just my writer friends help me, helping me punch up the pilot, which you do after mm-hmm. you, know, you did a table read. And mm-hmm. we went back to to somebody's office in, at Universal and we're going to – Got some pizza. Got some pizza, the whole thing. <laughs> we're going to rewrite it. And Conan came and stayed. He had, like, a busy schedule because this is right before The Tonight Show, mm-hmm. like yourself. So he was starting to get – that's starting to get really busy and everything. And he – um but he was, I remember him lying on the floor of this office, and he felt, felt a little bit like he's, like, effortlessly going to prove that he was funnier than everybody in the room. Which <laughs> right. kind of, there was one joke that he pitched where, like, we're trying to come up with a line to 
for I think Tony Hale's character to remember what this old detective had been like when he used right. to live there, when he used to uh, have his offices there. And um, Conan says, uh, pitch for the for Tony's character, like, uh, yeah, he's kind of a weird guy. Uh, crazy temper. I once saw him throw a can of peaches at a dog. And I was like, well, <laughs> and that one right. in the script and is in the pilot because right. it's yeah. like a very Conan O'Brien. Yeah, yeah. good yeah. specifics. Yeah. Can of peaches at a dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, showing off. Yeah, that's funny. But he, so he helped yeah, out, and then he was. But it, it went away so quickly. Mm. Um, we did six episodes. As I, I mean, said. now that's like a whole British series. <laughs> I know, I know. That would be that would a be successful, a, a little Netflix, yeah, yeah, BBC show. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of twenty-two episodes, I know. Ugh, how is that? I've you? done twenty-four episodes of Blackish. Oh wow! For those first few years, really? Yeah. Still, I think that's probably what they'll do again this year. Yeah. Oh my god. Oh my god. I can't. I remember when imagine I that. I made a. I was I was supposed to, I was developing a show and I hadn't had a chance to pitch it yet. And then somebody at NBC, this is around two thousand and two, said, um, Carrie Burke, the executive at NBC. I was in her offices to say hello. I was in from New York, and she had just hung up the phone. She said, "Hi, welcome. I just got off the phone with Rupert Everett, and he wants to do a show for NBC, and I want you to write it." And I was like, "Wait, what? Okay, remember <laughs> Rupert Everett from my best friend's yeah, wedding? Yeah, 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 yeah." Okay, so I had to like shelve what I was developing. It's the thing that actually became that show with Jason Bateman uh-huh. um, and Chase's Rupert Everett project. And it turns out he had a whole idea, and it wasn't a great idea. And I pitched <laughs> a different idea. Right, right. He, he pitched a fish in water story, which uh-huh. was like, it was the British ambassador. Uh, I'm a British guy who gets named the British ambassador. And I'm right. inept. Oh. I'm like, but that's the British ambassador of the United States. Like, what if you were a British guy who gets elected to the U.S. Senate or something? That would be a fish out of water. Right. Could right. we do that? Mm-hmm. Whatever. It was all terrible. Right. Um, anyway, <laughs> uh, my idea was sucked too. But anyway, he, uh, I remember having this big meet and greet with him. Um, I was. I remember having this meeting with him the morning um, to pitch my take on the whole thing, and he had just come over from NBC, first time he'd been in the states since they bought this idea or this uh-huh. idea to do the show, and he looked. Sh- we were meeting at, at a bungalow over at Universal, right. and mm-hmm. he walks in. He's kind of shell shocked, and he's like, um, "So I was just meeting our friends at NBC." And I'm like, "Yeah, how'd it go?" He goes, "Good. Uh, apparently, the the goal is to make." A hundred of these episodes. <laughs> I was like, yeah. He goes, a hundred. I thought we would do six or seven and then take some time. He'd seen like The Office. Have a which vacation. Did, right, yeah. Right, right. Maybe do a special Christmas episode. <laughs> right, 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 right. It's like, I was like, yeah, man, this is America. Yeah. We're going to make, everybody's going to get rich. Yeah. We're going to make a lot of episodes. No time off. <laughs> no time off. No We're Euro vacation. We're going to make a hundred forgettable episodes of this show. And you still won't have insurance. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's really funny. So, yeah. Turned and headed straight <laughs> to the airport. Yeah. That's, I, I imagine they still do that where they they take talented writers and, and ta- talent and just try to throw them together yes. on things. Yeah. Yeah. See, mm-hmm. yeah. I mean, it's definitely how it, the business works. I right. But I... I like always like the kind of more organic thing, like right write for somebody you've known for longer. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Always Sunny guys is a perfect example of like they kind of all knew each other uh-huh. and then they end up knowing each other's rhythms and they right. create this hilarious world and it's a thing that endures. I and think. it, it yeah. is more unique. It's, it's uh-huh. got a yeah, unique voice. Or Larry David and Jerry Seinfeld right. or, you know, you, you, you people. But, it, but that being said, like, you know, there's definitely arranged marriages that – Right. Can work mm-hmm. out really well. Right, right, right. Open to it. Yeah, yeah. For sure. It's, it's, like, it's, I don't think Kenya Barris and Anthony Anderson really knew each other that uh-huh. much before Blackish, but then they sat down and talked about it and said, like, this is a, a uh, you know, I relate to what your situation is as a father and right. you know, a black guy growing up in LA. And uh, I could tell a version of that story and let's do it. And, you know, they hit it off. Or Kenya and I, I'd never met Kenya before. Right. We ended up working together. Yeah, a long time. For a long time, yeah. Yeah. Oh, so Anthony was. Already, Anthony's a producer on that, show, an executive okay. producer. So I think mm. the, Kenya had the idea. It's his life, basically. But right. then when he sat down with Anthony, Anthony was like, "Oh my God, I know exactly what you're talking about. I could play that." And then yeah. they yeah. took it out together. Oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, that's nice. It's a great show too. And because you can tell sometimes when it's like, oh, maybe a, a celebrity that's looking for a project found something. It's sort of a stretch. Yeah, but they right. wanted a vehicle for themselves, and yeah. then. Right. 
But I think that for every one where you feel like it's a stretch, there's probably ones that were just as arranged where it just worked, you know? Yeah. And maybe right. people, especially with, like, fresh faces that have, like, you know, when you're casting 25-year-olds and they haven't don't have that much, you know, like, John Krasinski's a perfect example. Mm-hmm. Like, Greg Daniels didn't have any relationship with John Krasinski or, mm-hmm. you know, Jenna Fisher or whatever, but they just, you know, peopled that world and it clicks, you know? Yeah. So. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Are you in the middle of casting now for your No, I just mixed sold a sh- show on oh. Friday. Oh. To oh my God. Congratulations. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, a pilot idea. Um that let's go spend that money. <laughs> <laughs> but uh I have to write it now. So I'm not yeah, yeah. casting. Oh, mistake. You should never <laughs> have pitched it. Nightmare. What were you thinking? It's it's so bad. I what's guess. the I mean what's the time frame for that? How much time uh, do you have? I'm a teeny bit on the later side of selling for this is a network. It's mm-hmm. for ABC, so but it's not too late, but you know, we'll have to get an outline in together in a few weeks and then um story area. We already kind of pitched the idea for the pilot story. Mm-hmm. Um but an outline for that and then, you know, they usually want to see a script before Christmas. Wow. Yeah. Although I usually end up handing it after Christmas, but you can do, but right. You know, and when I you do. say we, Oh, do you have a, I'm writing it with someone. Yeah. Oh, good. Writing alone is so hard uh, and it it's is. so not actually how you make good half hour television. I think it's uh-huh. so much of a group effort that it's always like this emphasis on like, what's your idea and what's your idea. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to do that this year. So I work, I'm working with a woman named Elena Cravello, who's uh-huh. the writer I worked with. I was supervising a pilot of hers five years ago that ended up not going, but mm-hmm. I really liked her. Um, and, uh, sh- uh, I just remembered, like, oh, she'd be somebody. Let's see what she's doing this mm-hmm. development season. So I called her up, and we got together, and she liked an area that I was thinking about, and she mm-hmm. added a ton to it. And so we're writing it together. Well, that's great. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. yeah. When you have when you have someone to write with, that where you just hit it off. It, yeah, it's so much. It's oh fun. my god! It's and it's fun, and then it just goes yeah. fast. It goes so much faster. You, I mean, part of being funny is part of what's fun about being funny is making somebody else laugh. So right. if like you're sitting there writing with somebody and you right. make them laugh or they make you laugh, it's just so much more. And yes. then somebody's usually going to have a better joke than you or right. be inspired by your good joke to mm-hmm. write a great joke. So it's, it's definitely better. Right. Like the best comedy shows on <laughs> the best half hours are like, they're generally not one person. I mean, there's cool I mean, there's the Phoebe Waller Bridges of the world. Right. I don't know what right. Those there's not very are, many of them. No. <laughs> not very many of them. And this, those tend to be, you know, super personal. And, there was only and two seasons. Dramatic, maybe, at, at times. Yeah. But I think, you know, there's not one. When you see written by on an episode of The Simpsons, that's right. 25 people. Yeah. Yes. Contributing jokes. You just need somebody who can shepherd it. Put it on paper. It, right. Yeah. yeah. Right. And then you need a showrunner who can... Make sure that, you know, the show still has a unique voice and something to say and it doesn't feel right. like just a joke fest. Right. Yeah. Which can happen. That is – oh, what were you going to say? No, no, no. I was just going to say, I mean, did you know – did you have a sense when you were uh, working at Conan that you wanted to go into sitcoms or was that um, – I've been pretty good about, like, every time I get to a thing, being appreciative of what that is – and I remember, there, I'm sure you felt this too, walking into that building in, in 30 Rock, mm-hmm. uh, rock, walking into 30 Rock at Rockefeller Center and just going like, I can't believe I'm getting to go in and work in this building where Steve Allen and the and, and many decades of Saturday Night Live and Letterman Matt and Matt Ronan and, right. and Matt Lauer. <laughs> I just like Live at Five with Chuck Scarborough <laughs> and Sue Simmons were the greats. Yeah. <laughs> just hung their shingles and strutted their stuff. Um, but I, I was like always uh, like definitely appreciative of those yeah. moments while you're there. So I, I stayed at Conan like you know I stayed at five years and I I it was the heyday of like oh come out to L.A. and make a TV show. Right. But I, I I resisted and I liked yeah. being in New York. Um, but once I started to, I will say once I got the opportunity to write in a somewhat longer form. Um, I took to it. Mm-hmm. And thought, oh, I can actually have an emotional connection mm. between characters mm-hmm. as opposed to like, how do we killing them off at the end? Right. <laughs> exactly having having somebody run on in running shorts yeah. and shoot the bear, you know, yeah. the master whatever. in under two and a half minutes. Exactly, <laughs> like just like that. But I love that that discipline of Conan, especially in those years where it was like, what's the funniest pure shot of weird thing that we can come up with? You right. know, the FedEx Pope or, right. you mm-hmm. know, the masquerading bear. Or <laughs> right, the, right, right, right. You know. I love that yeah. you referenced FedEx Pope. FedEx That's, Pope. Yes. I <laughs> it's canon. Still you love. know what bit I remember? <laughs> I think this was a Michael Gordon bit where yeah. I 
think where uh, it was the Conan's uh, where Andy would grant Conan his birthday wishes. Like, yes. I don't know. I don't know if he created the bit, but I think it was a Michael Gordon pitch where right. Conan says to Andy, "Yeah, Andy says I'll grant you birthday wishes," and mm-hmm. one of them was uh, Conan's like, "Well, I just once I'd like my father to tell me he mm. loves me." Oh right, <laughs> and Andy goes, "Well." I called your father up and he he wouldn't agree to do that. <laughs> but we got an actor <laughs> right. named Howard Laniato <laughs> to come this. out. And he's like this distinguished looking New York theater yes. actor coming yes. out and comes up behind the desk of Conan and looks <laughs> in the eye. And he goes, I can't. <laughs> he start. He actually starts. Yeah. Conan, I want to tell you that. And you think it's really yeah. going to be emotional. Yeah. I can't do it. I can't. Oh, so I'm the sorry. actor... Paid <laughs> to say I love you. Yeah, it's great. Uh, but I loved that's I loved coming up with and being part of that world where you're yes. just coming up with those like discreet, yeah. hilarious moments of stuff. And but then when I actually switched to half hours, it's like, oh, I could have a, a this could actually be about a thing. And then mm-hmm. right. Blackish for the last five years has been like, oh my god, you can actually really talk about stuff maybe and have this sh- a show that means something in the right. culture. And yeah. even yeah. though nobody watches network television anymore, right, right. Um, and the numbers are I think are that's tragic. one of the only ones that people watch. Yeah. I mean, yeah, but even the numbers on, like, it's hilarious how Oh, much. really? Well, I mean, yeah. You, I mean, I think people watch it. People watch it over time, but, like, mm-hmm. the overnight ratings, which even five or six years ago was still a thing, mm-hmm. like, it's right. just not It's shocking. It's shocking. Yeah. I, they're talking about the Nielsen, Nielsen ratings, and they still have people with boxes. boxes? Um, they have Nielsen wow. houses still where, meanwhile— but Everything that's such a specific demographic of people, it is probably. People who yeah. show up at Tuesday right. at nine to watch yeah. their show. Right. It's yeah. it just seems so archaic. Especially mm-hmm. now where, you know, we could call down to the to our, our web team and ask how many people are you know, watched yeah. our how videos in Portugal and they'll give you the exact number. Yeah. yeah. So you just yeah. sold this pilot. Yes. That's incredible. Um at this point are you just do you go in every pitch season with something? I mean, do you sort of set that as a goal? Like I'm going to, I'm going to pitch something. It depends on whether I'm developing that year or not. So this is a year I decided to develop. So Mm -hmm. I was, I was on blackish during the summer for a couple of days a week while I was starting to like think of some ideas. And then, um, and then I switched over to mixed dish for a couple of days a week instead. But meanwhile, thinking of different ideas. So this is a year that I sort of say, Oh, this is a year I'll try to develop. Um, and, and sell something. And yeah. I'm also... We need a new gazebo. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I can vouch for that <laughs> as a neighbor. Well, uh, it's... Uh, but yeah, you you go and... Yeah, it's pitch season for network. But the nice thing is that I'm actually, you know, in a, a, a... have a deal with ABC Studios where, like, I can take things out, but they don't totally say that I have to just sell to the ABC network because oh, they're also cool. now trying to sell to Hulu and FX mm-hmm. and Disney+. Yeah. Plus. So mm-hmm. there's a variety of Because ABC places. Studios could produce something for one of those other exactly. places. Especially yeah, that's in the wake of that merger, that Disney yes. Fox, Fox merger. Oh, there's right. supposedly more avenues to sell things. Oh, so. that's good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's so, certainly avenues. And it's also like people are just watching, you know, your kids don't know where they see things. They just no. find out about a show, right? And so... The more that that mentality seeps over to creators, I think you can sort of hopefully find the platform that makes the most sense for a show, mm-hmm. right? As opposed to just trying to come up with a network show. That being said, I like kind of like network television. It's been good to me, and I like the somewhat bigger, broader platform of it. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, and I think because you have to, there's still content restrictions in terms of like language and stuff. You have yeah. to. Be, I mean, I still think some of the, I mean, it's changed, but for a long time, even with cable and the beginnings of streaming, it still felt like the funniest shows were 30 Rock and yes. The Office and Parks right. and Recreation mm-hmm. right. and, and, you know. Um, the other shows like just add sex and that's really it. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, I think it's, I do think now, like, I mean, there's still the good place. Which I was going to say, so yeah, good place is another example. I'm proud of Blackish and, right. um, and you know, uh, Modern Family and the new, new Girl, a lot of good shows. But but I do think that um, it's it's started to get now. We're like, oh, the streaming things are right. are also really funny too. Yes, yeah, well, and that's arresting too. Like something mm-hmm. like Fleabag or mm-hmm. yeah. Do you have you ever had to go to the? Uh, having said that, you like the restrictions. Have you ever had to go to the mat still with? The, where you felt like they were 
not allowing oh, stuff. Yeah. Or Too you want to push, push the envelope a little bit. I've been bit. at ABC for a long time, and it's been yeah. interesting to see their evolution because mm-hmm. they really were the Disney-owned right. network for a long, long time. I did a show called Happy Endings for a few seasons. Right. Yeah. And that was we that was sort of young people and a lot of sex jokes mm-hmm. and stuff. And it was um, definitely we pushed the we had to get into a lot of arguments there. And sometimes mm-hmm. on Blackish too. But it's been interesting to see ABC slowly, I think, realize that without really putting themselves in a tricky position, they have to do something to make sure people still feel like connected to these shows in a world where they can see content that feels realer or grittier or more authentic. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's how I think they let Blackish do some of the things topically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In terms of the topics that we took on. Right. Um, or maybe some of the language restrictions or content restrictions that they beast up on a little bit just to kind of make it not so just squeaky compete. clean. Or yeah. <laughs> just because people can get anything they want anytime. So mm-hmm. well there's that big controversy on Blackish with that one up uh yeah. were you there uh-huh. during all uh, that? I was that was a year two years ago that I was developing also so i wasn't running the show that season okay but i was around yeah yeah that was complicated right it was i can't not really supposed to talk about I it understand. but it was like a, okay. yeah it was i think a series of misunderstandings and right things and, that weren't handled great by some things right um, yeah okay okay we'll yeah. leave it at that yeah. we will leave it at that <laughs> yeah you worked with adam pop uh, is it Pally or Polly? Yeah. Adam Pally. Oh yeah. Happy endings. On yeah. happy endings. I I think he's, he's really. He's so funny. Yeah. I mean that cast, that cast was ridiculous. We had the Casey. cast they were. was great. It was like it was like the new friends. Damon Wayans great. Jr., Casey yes. Wilson, Eliza Coop, mm-hmm. Zach Knighton, Alicia Cuthbert, um, and Adam Pally. And yeah. They're all lovely Killer. and super funny. Mm-hmm. I yeah. That, show. that must have been fun to do. Oh, it was super fun. It was. And it was three seasons. Were you there from the beginning? Yeah. Oh, oh well, uh, I didn't create you, it. David Casp created it, but I came on. After it got picked up, yeah, um, and got to help him run it, and I, I ran it, and then uh, we brought on Josh Pysel and um, Gail Lerner for a couple of seasons, helped us run it, and it was a, a great experience. It was, mm-hmm. but it was very, it was very. I always tell this story. David Casp was kind of was a film writer before, and he never run a oh. TV show, and he didn't really like writing with other people when I first met him. Uh-huh. He was, it was hard for him and he was not, the show wasn't particularly jokey, his original script. Mm. Uh-huh. And then I said like, well, you know what? Let's, we have some scenes to work on. Why don't you invite a couple of funny friends and I'll invite some funny people. So I invited like three or four funny writers mm-hmm. and he invited his friends, Matthew and Daniel Libin, who are very funny. And all of a sudden he saw this room of people mm-hmm. like make this thing so funny. And right. he went from a guy like, I don't know if I want it to be too jokey and uh-huh. right, to right. like st- we stuffed that show with yeah. jokes right. every high JPM. Fifteen seconds. Yeah. Did he have an immediate minute. epiphany? Was he, he just? Like, he also, I think he enjoyed wow. being in a room. Yeah, he saw oh, yeah. That it was yeah. more fun. And then we also had really fun. We like had really good casting. And I think right. you also like, oh, any of those people can mm-hmm. just deliver a huge joke. Right. Yeah. So would they would they improvise a bit? Uh, yes, uh, Adam improv- improvised the most. Yeah, I sometimes at the least opportune that. times. <laughs> <laughs> Um, like the TCA's <laughs> first season, he said some stuff. The TCA's are the Television Critics Association, right? Yeah. Said, so you do a panel. You do a panel. At a panel, he said something like obnoxious that made like the the uh, reporter, television reporter from like the Utah paper, uh, 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 go like, "This guy's an asshole." Basically. Right. So, right. Um, but and we, now we, we we got past it. But that um, was it. Was great press. It was great press. Um, <laughs> But he would imp- improvise a lot, and then um, all, all of them did uh, Casey a lot. And Damon Wayans would improvise and be hilarious, and you could always use him. And Eliza Coop especially were great together at the ends of scenes. But but also uh, Damon was really cool because he would think of something really funny that he could say and then go, wait, that might be funnier if Zach Knighton said it. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, that's cool. Oh, my God. That, that is very generous. generous. Yeah. Very generous and yeah. also – Someone who's confident about their own yeah. talent that yeah. they're like, you know what, I'm going to yeah. Yeah, spread yeah. it around. Yeah, he was great. That's great. Wow. That's wonderful. Wow. Yeah, you worked on some really great ensembles. That's- yeah, that was fun. I got to work at How I Met Your Mother for a couple of seasons, too. Oh, cool. That was cool, yeah. Another great ensemble. Yeah. Got to be there during um, the uh, Britney Spears kind of coming out of her strange thing that she was in where she had shaved her she head. Yeah. Her she came right. like The was, umbrella. Yeah. So we used her as a guest star, which was. Oh, yeah. Wow. Strange. 
know, <laughs> taking advantage of someone's fragile situation. I applaud it. <laughs> I think it's great. Look, you, got, you do what you got to do, guys. It's showbiz. <laughs> Is there anything creatively that you s- still want to do or that's kind of in the back of your mind that, like, a- another form or, I don't know, live show or movie or, I don't know. Say no. That's, or maybe you've done it all. You've, no, you I would be like happy to do a really, I would love to do a cool streaming show where you did 10 episodes and mm-hmm. made them great. Because I have been in network television for a long time. And right. even though a couple of the things I've made had short orders. Right. In general, it's it's been a lot of 22, 24 episodes, which is fantastic wow. and wonderful. But it would be nice to just go like, here's this is only eight episodes and it's not because it sucked and was canceled. It's because that's yeah. all it was ever supposed yeah. to be for season one. Mm-hmm. And that would be really neat. I think to like, just, just really tell a story over that, tell a story over that and really dig in and make them great. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to trying to do that at some point. That's cool. Yeah. Okay. Do you think you can do that with this idea you just pitched or you, uh, I saw I, ABC network bought it. So theoretically, right. oh, that, that, right. the networks, I think so they are, want a hundred episodes. Right. right, 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 right. <laughs> I think that they are moving more to like the realization that they need to not just do 24 episodes and expect, expect people to show up and right. maybe have smaller windows. Batches. Of, yeah. Right. Like I think good place has been smaller batches. For yes. A little yeah. bit. And you know, that seems to work for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and they that, decided had, to end the show. Exactly. It had an end time. Seasons. It wasn't yeah. about like, let's make 130 of these. It was like, let's make, let's tell let's our go story. Let's go out on top. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Let's not wait for people to get sick of us. That's right. <laughs> That's what we're doing. Yeah. I, know. <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> yeah. We're almost, our, our season of this podcast is almost up. Yes. How many of these have you done? Um, I, 30, this 34. This is 34. Episode yeah. 34? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who's the worst guest? Can you yeah. say? <laughs> uh, I, I was on the Conan week. has not been a guest? He was on the he first show. He was on the yeah. first show. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He hasn't yeah. been he back. Guessing. Yeah. And then it's like we're, we go on a, you know, we were on the travel show with him. We're like, we're in Greenland for two and a half days. And, you know, people are like, uh, you know, grab Conan and uh, have and him do Try his. to do an episode. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we're <laughs> all exhausted. Those yeah. were cool. Uh, yes. Was, Greenland was awesome. Yeah, that was that was surreal. It was I don't feel very like, exotic to me. Yes, I almost don't feel like we when we were editing it. I was like, oh, we were there. Because how many was, writers go mm-hmm. on the travel shows? Uh, there's three of us. Yeah, me, yeah, Je- Jesse and Jose Arroyo. Uh-huh. Do mm-hmm. you know Jose? A little bit, yeah, yeah. So you know, and Conan, of course, Conan O'Brien. He gets a writing credit. And Jeff Roscoe's, <laughs> yeah, and Jason Shalemi, right? Yeah. Is fantastic. He's fantastic. He's he, been. He's there. the field producer. Oh yeah, he was an intern, right? And he, then he yes. was. Yeah, and so was Schlansky. Mm-hmm. Jordan Schlansky. That's right. Yeah. Yes, our most famous intern, probably. Mm-hmm. Probably. <laughs> Him and Mindy Kaling. Was he when? When did he start uh, appearing as talent on the show? Was that when you were there? I would never have allowed that. I, okay, uh, <laughs> it's true. You didn't. Yay. That is uh, one of your claims to fame. Do you know my Jordan I know Schlansky story? Oh no. I'd love to hear it. Uh, besides many things, is besides just knowing him over the years, I was in New Zealand oh, in um, right. New Year's Eve 20, uh, 2012 going into mm-hmm. 2013, I think, right. uh, with my wife and kids at this remote lodge in the, on the South Island near like a sheep herding lodge. Cool. Basically, it had been turned into like a nice uh-huh. place to hang mm-hmm. out. Uh-huh. Um, Grasmere Lodge. And it's sitting, going to dinner on New Year's Eve. They had dinner for everybody. And then we were going to have a little New Year's Eve celebration at this lodge. Uh, uh, uh. And I walk into the bar right before uh, dinner to have the little draft of of scotch (laughs) and standing 10 feet away from me. Uh. Other side of the world. That's Jordan Schlansky. And And you were there to get away from work. And unwind. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that, but it was cool. It was one of those moments. It was. It was. A was good, he there was, by himself? He was with a girl. Okay. A woman. Uh huh. It was that moment, though. Uh, I have to give him credit because I was like, Jordan, I'm glad you are here at the party. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wouldn't have missed it. He didn't miss it. Yeah. Oh, 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 good. Of course, that's right. That's Instructed. Oh, that's insane. You know, it was so weird. Other people, I Conan ran into him. Oh, yeah. I, Wait, I'm starting to wonder if this is even an accident. I don't know. I'll, or I think Jordan is so just 
out of the country so often that odds yeah. are people we know are going to run into him all the time. <laughs> he somehow has a lot work. of disposable income. <laughs> yeah. We, we don't, no one, still a total mystery. Yeah. yeah. So how did you, did you end up spending the, the night with him? And I think it was one of those ones where we were leaving the next morning and he was leaving the next morning. So I think we, it was like a big, you know, everybody right. in the hey, lodge hey, was hey. getting the dinner. All and, and so we, yeah, I, spent, I rang in New Year's. We okay. And then you had kids a day later, like, where's Uncle Jordan? <laughs> Please, children. <laughs> Knock that off. He taught us how to make a quality espresso. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Jonathan Groff, thank you so thank much. You so thank much. you. Thank you, Mike Sweeney. It's great seeing you. I, I'm, I'm going to say, I think you're you're my favorite Jonathan Groff. Oh, that is so <laughs> nice. Having not just met, met the other, the other one. one. No, that's so. true. He's lovely. I met him and he was wearing a bike helmet. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. At an yeah. event, Just it was it was for, at, it was after the uh, Hamilton, and he was wearing mm-hmm. a bike helmet. And I think it was his very he's very nice, yeah. uh, but I think it was his way of saying like I'm not going to talk. Oh, I need yes, to go. I have a bike helmet mm-hmm. on, and I've got to go. He didn't Smart. even ride a bike there. I no. know. Just, nope. Yeah, he always has one. <laughs> yeah, he, his assistant carries it at all times, so he can throw it on. Thank you guys. Thank yeah, you, thank you so much. Well, that was Jonathan Groff. Yes, it was uh, great to see my neighbor again. Yeah, you guys in, in a have a good studio. chemistry. Yes, <laughs> I see. I see what it takes to be a head writer. Uh, finally, Conan. yes. Once once you saw Jonathan, it made sense. Well, we mentioned this, but we only have two more episodes after this in right. our season. So yeah. uh, we want to get back to the listener questions. We love listener questions. We do. And, and this might be your last chance to ask us. Yeah. So please send them in. Anything. Yeah. Really, anything. It could just be, I mean, we'll give advice about Any dealing with your in-laws. Yep. Um, so send the those. Senate here, the uh, con- congressional hearings, anything you <laughs> have questions about. And the email is insideconanpod at gmail.com. Um, we're not going to give you the phone number because no one's calling us. People just e- We all prefer to email yes. these days anyway. Yeah, no yeah. one makes phone calls anymore. Um, so yeah, send us, a, send us a message. We'll answer it on one of the next couple episodes. Right. And we'll come up with some really good guests for these last two. Or if you run into us on the street, ask us in person. That's and true. And we'll answer them on the podcast as well. We'll give you Sweeney's address mm-hmm. in, at the end of the show. Yes. Uh, but we'll see you next week. Yes. Uh, talk to you soon. <laughs> we like you. Inside Conan, an important Hollywood podcast, is hosted by Mike Sweeney and me, Jesse Gaskell. Produced by Kevin Bartelt. Engineered by Will Beckton. Mixed by Ryan Connor. Supervising producer is Aaron Blaird. Associate producer, Jen Samples. Executive produced by Adam Sachs and Jeff Ross. Jeff team, Ross. Jeff Ross at Team Coco. And Colin Anderson and Chris Bannon at Earwolf. Thanks to Jimmy Vivino for our theme music and interstitials. You can rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts. And of course, please subscribe and tell a friend to listen to Inside Conan on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or whatever platform you like best. Ta-da! This has been a Team Coco production in association with Earwolf. <laughs>